A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. What is up, everybody? It is a great day in Philadelphia. Not only do we have a 4-0 Philadelphia Eagles team, not only do we have the Philadelphia Phillies Red October starting tonight, we have a brand new Philly sports talk show right here on the Jacob Sports Network, the Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Calarulo. Welcome in. This is going to be an exciting daily show every day, Monday through Friday from 10 to 11 with Bill Calarulo. You may recognize me. I do Legal Hands to the Face, a Philadelphia Eagles podcast, live streams here on Jacob Sports. Also co-host pregame, halftime, and postgame for Jacob Sports for the Philadelphia Eagles. But we are so excited to bring a brand new show to the already star-studded lineup that Jacob Sports has. So now you can tune in all day long for your Philadelphia sports needs. You got Farzi in the morning. You just finished watching Jody Mack and John McMullen on Birds 365. You have me for an hour, followed up by my man Derek Gunn and Rob Ellis for Sports Take, and then Dan Cilio on the National Football Show. So appreciate all the engagement. Hit that like button. Hit that share button. The more Philadelphia sports fans we can reach, the better. Let's make this one hour the best hour in Philadelphia sports talk. So love to see the engagement. What's up, James McKeith? What's up, Decoy Gaming? How you doing, CT Philly fan? Love that you guys are here. Love that you're taking part in a new show. But this really is an unbelievable time to be a Philadelphia sports fan. Is there anything better? During the week, waiting for Eagles Sunday, we have Phillies games tonight, tomorrow. Hopefully no game on Thursday night. Hopefully the Phillies are able to sweep this team. I don't think they will. We're going to get into that. And then on Sunday, we have our 4-0 Eagles going up against the Los Angeles Rams. It is a great great time to be a Philadelphia sports fan. So today we have a good show planned. In the future, we're going to be bringing on some great guests. Today, you just have me. Wanted to introduce you to the show, introduce you to me if you don't already know who I am. And we're going to dive in. We're going to talk a little bit of Eagles today. We're going to talk a little bit of Phillies after the break. But what I first want to jump into is this Philadelphia Eagles football team. I don't understand the vibe in this city and why people aren't happier that we are 4-0. And if you tuned in last night to the Legal Hands to the Face podcast, I was preaching, we need to enjoy the ride. I'm going to analyze this team. I'm going to talk about areas that they need to improve, and we all should. But at the same time, we have to understand that we are watching one of the best Eagles teams We've ever had. They are winning games at such an unprecedented clip that we are becoming a little bit spoiled. Jalen Hurts is 21-1 and in his last 22 regular season starts. Nick Sirianni has a .711 winning percentage in the regular season. They are 4-0 and coming off of a Super Bowl loss. The first team to do that in 25 years, no team who's lost the Super Bowl has come out to a 4-0 start since the 1998 
Green Bay Packers. So we need to calm down a little bit. We need to enjoy it. Last year, we had such a magical run, such a magical run. And all we were worried about was, can they win in the playoffs? Can they win in the playoffs? Can they win the Super Bowl? I get it. I love looking ahead as well. But don't forget to enjoy it. Because I know if you guys are football fans like I am, the offseason sucks. Waiting through the whole summer for training camp to start, for the regular season to start, it sucks when we don't have NFL football on Sundays. So while it's here and while the Eagles are winning, don't worry so much about January. Let's enjoy the here and the now. And we have a really good football team. We have a football team that has an ability to overcome adversity. You've seen it since Nick Sirianni has become the head coach of this football team. And Jalen Hurts has taken the reins as the starting quarterback. They have an ability to overcome adversity. And I know everybody wants to see this Eagles team blow everybody out. It's not going to happen in the NFL. It doesn't happen in the NFL. Look what happened last week. We saw Miami put up 70 points against the Denver Broncos. They come out this week and they lose to the Buffalo Bills. You've seen the Dallas Cowboys. They've had some really good games, some big blowouts, and then they lose to the Arizona Cardinals and Jonathan Gannon. So enjoy the fact that this team has an ability to overcome adversity. And what does Jalen Hurts say? Keep the main thing the main thing, win football games, and they're doing a lot of it. Now, with all that being said, it doesn't mean there aren't areas that this team needs to improve. There's a lot of areas that this team needs to improve, and we're going to get into that today. But let's enjoy it while it lasts. And I talked about this last night. I put a post on my Instagram. If you guys aren't following me, head on over to Legal Hands to the Face on Instagram. You can follow me at Bill Calarulo on Twitter. But I talked about Nick Sirianni's winning percentage, a .711 winning percentage. I'm not comparing him to Andy Reid and Bill Belichick. He's got a long way to go. They have been doing this a very long time. But just to put into perspective how damn good Nick Sirianni has been as a football coach for this Philadelphia Eagles team, his 7-11 winning percentage is better than Bill Belichick's regular season winning percentage, better than Andy Reid's regular season winning percentage. He's not on their level. Don't, don't comment. I know he's not on their level yet. I'm just trying to put into perspective what this Eagles team has done under Nick Sirianni, and we need to enjoy this run. Now let's start critiquing. On offense, all offseason, the offense was not the area of this team that I was worried about. We knew they were returning mostly all of their starters, with the exception of right guard Isaac Sayamala and running back Miles Sanders. They've done a great job replacing both of those guys. Miles Sanders, wish him luck, was a big fan of his. But DeAndre Swift is a playmaker. And we've seen it in two games. Didn't play that great against Washington. Didn't get as many opportunities. But in the two games before that, we saw DeAndre Swift's playmaking ability. And like I said, wish Miles Sanders luck, but we are not going to miss him with the running backs that we now have. And right guard, 
Isaac Sayamala, wish him luck as well. But Cam Jurgens stepped in and was playing very well. He's been injured. Walking boot after the game, probably going to miss a couple of weeks. I had Dr. Chris Radcliffe on my podcast last night, said, hey, probably going to be out two to three weeks with that foot, maybe longer, but doesn't look like he's going to need an IR stint. We'll see. We'll keep following it. But the good news is Sua Opeta played pretty damn well yesterday, excuse me, on Monday in that game. So if Opeta can step in and this offensive line doesn't miss a beat, I think that offense is going to be just fine. I wasn't worried about him in the offseason, but the one question mark coming in, Brian Johnson. Never called plays in the NFL before. How is he going to be? Because we know Shane Steichen was a really good play caller, and you're seeing what Steichen is doing in Indianapolis. He has them playing well. Rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson, winning games with Gardner Minshew, Minshew mania running wild in Indianapolis. So how was Brian Johnson going to be? And in the first couple of games, he left a lot to be desired. I did not like a lot of the play calling early in this season. I didn't like a lot of the play designs early in this season. But just like Jalen Hurts, who we'll talk about in a second, has gotten better every week, I think Brian Johnson has gotten better every week. Still had some questionable calls on Sunday against the Washington Commanders. We'll talk about that. Third and 11, down at the 16-yard line, calling a running play. But other than that, I didn't mind the play calling by Brian Johnson. I thought one of the best play designs of the year and one of the best play calls of the year was on that long first touchdown pass to A.J. Brown. I've been screaming about the Philadelphia Eagles running that bubble screen. I hate that bubble screen that they run to their wide receivers and to Dallas Goddard. But what they did on that long touchdown pass to A.J. Brown, they ran a bubble screen look. Jalen Hurts, Looks at Dallas Goddard. A.J. Brown's running a double move. The corner's got his eyes in the backfield. Stops for a second. A.J. Brown's gone. Touchdown. Great job by not only Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, but you see Alameda Zacchaeus, Devontae Smith, downfield blocking. Love to see it. So that was an encouraging play call right there by Brian Johnson. Don't understand what they were doing in the red zone there early in the fourth quarter. It's third and 11. You have an opportunity to go up by two scores there, and they hand the ball off. And not only do they run the ball, they run it to Kenny Gainwell, who we've seen has not had the same playmaking ability that DeAndre Swift has. So I wasn't understanding what that play call was, but I'm willing to give him an opportunity. He's still finding his footing as well. And like I said at the beginning of the show, enjoying the ride. This Philadelphia Eagles team, With everything that's going on, the Super Bowl hangover, new offensive coordinator, Jalen Hurts not playing the best football, they're 4-0. They are 4-0. So let's give them a chance to get their footing before we hit that really tough stretch of this schedule. But I do want to talk about Jalen Hurts and how we've seen him improve every single week. You look at the numbers he put up. To begin the season, he didn't look great throwing the ball. Against New England, only 170 yards passing. Minnesota, 193 yards passing. But he's improving. Tampa Bay, 277 yards. And then what does he do on Sunday? 319 yards. But what I found most impressive was the average yards per attempt went from 5.59 against the Bucs all the way up to 8.6. That is huge. 
we were missing the big plays early on in the season. We weren't getting those big, quick scores from our passing game. Well, you got it on Sunday. A.J. Brown, two big catches for touchdowns. Nine catches, 175 yards. The week before, nine catches, 131 yards. This offense is going to be just fine. Just fine. And I talked about this on the Eagles pregame show here on the Jacob Sports Network with Seth Joyner. If you look at the offense from last year to this year, they're actually putting up more yards and more points. They're just doing it a little bit differently. And I see you guys in the comments. I appreciate you. And MC's talking about Goddard. I agree. They have to get Dallas Goddard going. He's doing a, such a good job in the running game. Dallas Goddard, if you watch these games, keep your eye on Dallas Goddard when the Philadelphia Eagles run the football. He is, hands down, the best run blocker from the tight end position in the NFL. And that's not just my opinion. Look at pro football focus, how they have him graded. There's no tight end even close. Dallas Goddard is the best run blocker from that tight end position. And that is so huge for this Philadelphia Eagles running game. When you have the ability as a team to run 12 personnel with two tight ends on the field, and you have Dallas Goddard and Jack Stoll. Jack Stoll has been very underrated this year in the running game. He's been a very good blocker, learning from Dallas Goddard, got a lot better from last season. But when you're able to roll out 12 personnel, think about what that does to a defense. Think about what that does to a defensive coordinator. You know Dallas Goddard can catch the ball, hasn't done it yet this season, but he can catch the ball. So you don't necessarily know, hey, they're in 12 personnel. They're definitely running the ball. You have to still respect the pass. You still have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith on the field. You have Dallas Goddard who can catch the ball. But you're able to run 12 personnel, and in essence, it's like having seven offensive linemen on the field. With their offensive line and Jack Stoll and Dallas Goddard's ability to run block, that is huge for this running game. Now, Jalen Hurts has improved every week in the passing game as well. The one thing that I am not understanding is why Jalen Hurts doesn't look as good running the football this year. I don't know what it is. And I, I turned to Derek Gunn during the game against the Commanders and said, hey, are you hearing anything? Is Does he have a lower leg injury? He just looks so slow running the football, so much less explosive than he did last season. And D. Gunn and I both kind of said, hey, we haven't heard anything about an injury. So what we think it is, is the Eagles are probably in his ear so much preaching, protect yourself protect yourself, get down, don't take big hits, that I think he's running a little bit tentative, a little tentative. And you know, maybe that'll get better as the season goes, but as long as they're winning games and as long as they're putting up points, I'm okay with it. And like I just said, you look at the offense from 2022 and you compare it to what the Eagles are doing this year, they're actually putting up more yards. They're actually putting up more points. In 2022, that dominant Eagles offense, they averaged 389 yards of total offense per game. After four games this year, the Philadelphia Eagles are averaging 392 yards per game. Last season, 28.1 points a game. This Eagles offense this year, 29.5 points per game. So I know it hasn't felt like it. I agree. You watch it on TV, you're watching it live, 
The offense doesn't look as good as they did last year, but they're getting the same net result and they are figuring it out. And that's why I am not worried about this Philadelphia Eagles offense. The same can't be said for that defense. There are some major concerns on the defensive side of the football. Injuries have played a big part. There is no doubt about it. No doubt about it. The real RMP is asking, who's the new guy? I am Bill Calarulo. I will be coming to you every day from 10 to 11, the Philly Sports Power Hour. Appreciate you tuning in. Hit that like button. Hit that share button. I'm going to try to bring you guys the best hour in Philadelphia sports talk. You'll learn very quickly. I keep it honest. I keep it straight. I just give you what I see. So hopefully you guys will enjoy the new show. So, yep, and Xander, let's go to 1030. I'm t- my producer, we're going to go to 1030. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back for the rest of the show. But let's keep going here. But that Philadelphia Eagles defense is a defense that I have some concerns about. And the injuries are piling up. The Zach McPherson injury early in the preseason was a big loss because now Avante Maddox is out. And I talked about this on my podcast. As good as Avante Maddox has been, when he is healthy, he is one of the best nickel corners in the NFL. There's a big if in there. If he's healthy, and he has not been healthy as in Philadelphia Eagles since he came into the league. He's only played more than 12 games one time. And unless he restructures his deal, I cannot see any chance that Avante Maddox is back on this Philadelphia Eagles team next year. You know Howie Roseman. You know how much Howie Roseman loves to backload contracts. He loves to put the big numbers at the end of the contract to try to hopefully renegotiate by the time it comes. Well, this season, Avante Maddox has a $4 million cap hit. Next year, if he's on this Philadelphia Eagles team, his cap hit jumps all the way to 10 million. No way you could bring a guy back who's shown he cannot stay healthy with a $10 million cap hit. If they trade him or they cut him with a post-June 1 designation, they would save $7.5 million on their cap. So unless Avante Maddox restructures, he's not coming back next year. So that was a big loss. Maddox goes down. Zach McPherson went down in the preseason. And you're seeing it right now. Who's going to be our slot corner? I am not a fan, and I'm curious if you guys are following. Give us a comment on this. I want your opinion. I don't like moving James Bradbury into the slot. I do not like that at all. James Bradbury is an all-pro corner outside. You move him into the slot, and position he's never played. He's obviously going to be a little worse than he is on the outside. He's just never done it. He doesn't have experience doing it. So now you've weakened your outside corner position. You've weakened James Bradbury's ability. And now you're rolling out Josh Job on the outside, who I have zero confidence in. Josh Job maybe will grow into a good player for this Eagles team down the road. But right now, he is not playing good football. And when we start playing against some of these upper echelon quarterbacks, He's not going to cut it. So, Josh Job, don't think he's the answer. Was Mario Goodrich the answer? I don't think they have any confidence in him. Because instead of rolling out Mario Goodrich, they didn't even dress him two weeks ago and rolled James Bradbury into that slot. 
So I'm not sure what the Eagles' plans are at that nickel corner position, but they need to do something because you can't have Josh Job on the field anymore. You can't. And there's another guy back there that I have zero confidence in, and that's Terrell Edmonds. He was an okay starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but you knew when the Philadelphia Eagles signed Terrell Edmonds in the offseason, how would Mike Tomlin let a five-year starter walk out the door if he had confidence in Terrell Edmonds? So that was a really, really big sign to me that Terrell Edmonds wasn't going to be the answer at safety. Now, again, injury bug. Sidney Brown's out. Justin Evans was out. I think what the Eagles need to do, if I'm Sean Desai, this is my plan when Sidney Brown and Justin Evans come back from injury. I'm moving James Bradbury back outside. Keep him at his all-pro position. I'm putting Sidney Brown at the nickel corner position. When you go nickel, slide Sidney Brown down. Justin Evans comes in at safety. When you're not in nickel, either Sidney Brown or Justin Evans is sitting back there at your safety. Get Terrell Edmonds off the field. Get Josh Job off the field. And maybe start to see, what do you have in Eli Ricks? What do you have in Keeley Ringo? But someone needs to be better than what Josh Job is giving us right now. But I don't want to be all negative. I don't want to be all negative because one of the guys on that back end who has impressed me so much since the Eagles got him last year, undrafted. So you got to give Howie Roseman credit for this one. Reed Blankenship. How 31 NFL teams passed up on this guy is mind-blowing to me. He is playing some really good football. And he's played good football since we saw Chauncey Gardner-Johnson go down with an injury last year. First game, Reed Blankenship comes in against Aaron Rodgers, and you saw it instantly. His ability back there, how smart he is, his instincts, how quick he is breaking on the football. He has that great interception on Aaron Rodgers, and he's gotten even better this season. He had a great preseason, and he's doing very, very well. And I see Ray Lester saying Job did well for his third start ever. I'm not sure I agree with that, Ray. I really don't think Josh Job is playing good football. Now, interestingly, one of you guys talked about the 10-yard cushion, J.M., I don't like how they're coaching them up. I agree with you. I think these defensive backs need to get closer to the line of scrimmage, especially when you knew what Sam Howell was going to do. You knew Eric Bieniemy was not going to have Sam Howell with one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL dropping back, sitting back there for four or five seconds trying to throw the ball down the field. It was going to be quick hitters. One, two, throw. One, two, throw. Get up on the line. Especially the Eagles brought a couple of blitzes, some linebacker blitzes, and you don't have your D-backs up on your receivers. So you're bringing a blitz. You're not going to have time to get there. You're giving Hal too easy of an outlet to just throw it short. So I agree. Let's get these D-backs up. But I don't think Josh Job is the answer. But Reed Blankenship is playing very, very well. And I talked about those linebackers bringing the blitz. Man, did the Eagles get lucky with Nicholas Morrow. Nick Morrow, a guy who they cut, wasn't even good enough to bring him back on the practice squad originally. Injury to Kobe Dean. They re-signed Nicholas Morrow. Again, 31 teams had an opportunity to sign him. 
Everybody passed. Eagles bring him back on the practice squad. They then elevate him for the game after Christian Ellis didn't play too well. And what Nicholas Morrow is doing is incredible. He is playing the best football of his career. Pro Football Focus has him as the number two graded linebacker in the entire NFL. On a team with Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, your leading sack performer on this Eagles team is Nicholas Morrow. He is playing extremely well, and he's not only playing well against the run. That's something that I would anticipate when you have a defensive front as good as the Philadelphia Eagles have. With those D tackles, Jalen Carter, Milton Williams, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, we could probably go in at linebacker and be pretty good against the run. But what he's doing in the passing game, I'm finding more impressive. So you watch Nicholas Morrow, Eagles got lucky. And then you look at Zach Cunningham, also playing pretty good at the linebacker position, a guy they brought in really late in the preseason. So Howie Roseman, I was yelling at him all offseason. If you follow me, legal hands to the face on Instagram, I post videos every day, and all offseason, I was talking about that linebacker position, and I did not like that they were putting it all on the Kobe Dean, a guy who'd only played 34 snaps in the NFL. And unfortunately, we were right. The Kobe Dean gets hurt. Who are you turning to? But the Eagles get really lucky and give Howie Roseman some credit, bringing in Zach Cunningham late. After that New England Patriots game, I was about to cut Zach Cunningham. He did not look good. But it was anticipated that he wasn't going to play great. Comes in late in the preseason. But both of those guys, Zach Cunningham and Nicholas Morrow, they're making it really difficult for N'Kobe Dean to get back on this field when he comes off of the injured list. Because if I'm Sean Desai, I'm not putting Dean out there right now. Maybe work him in, but you got linebackers playing some really good football playing really good behind that defensive line, I keep going with the hot hand. I go with Nicholas Morrow and Zach Cunningham until they prove otherwise. So that's a positive. Our defensive tackles, we just talked about, is a positive. But we need more from our edge rushers. That is supposed to be one of the best areas on this team is the edge. Hassan Reddick. Should have been in the Defensive Player of the Year conversation last year. Josh Sweat, BG, looks like maybe he's getting a little bit older. Is Father Time starting to get to him? Derek Barnett, still not sure why they're rolling him out there. And Nolan Smith. But our edge rushers are not getting the sacks that we saw last season. And this week, going up against the Los Angeles Rams, and we'll talk about it a little bit in the next segment, but this Los Angeles Rams team has a really good interior on their offensive line. They have a very good center. They have two pretty solid guards. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult for those interior defensive linemen. I know Jalen Carter is a stud. It's going to be difficult for them to get pressure on Matthew Stafford. This is the game where we need our edge rushers to come up big. And Hassan Reddick was working his way back from that thumb injury, was in that cast. I know that affected his ability to get leverage, get his hands into the offensive lineman, use his speed to get around the outside. 
but this is the week. And the real zeal said Reddick is out of excuses. I agree. This is the week we need Hassan Reddick and those defensive ends to step up big and put some pressure on Matthew Stafford. Make him uncomfortable because that Rams team, they're putting up a lot of yards. They're putting up a lot of yards through the air. They have that rookie who is setting all types of records as a rookie, Puka Nakua, in four games, 39 catches, 501 yards. I don't know if you guys have seen this stat, but what Puka Nakua has done in his first four games, no other NFL receiver in the history of the NFL has ever done. Unbelievable. You talk about guys like Randy Moss, Justin Jefferson, Jerry Rice. No one's done what Puka Nakua has done. So this Eagles team better be ready to play. But guys, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Rams game, and we're going to get into Red October after the break. The Philadelphia Phillies are starting their series against the Miami Marlins tonight. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a little bit. Thanks, guys. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. 
E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Welcome back to the newest show on the Jacob Sports Network, the Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Calarulo. Appreciate all you guys who are watching and engaging in the comments. We're going to be coming to you every single day, Monday through Friday, 10 to 11, right here on Jacob Sports. Share it, like it. Let's get a lot of Philadelphia sports fans watching. I'm hoping to deliver you guys the best hour in Philly sports talk. While we were at the break, I was looking through some of your comments. I see Mike Friedel asking any chance or word on talks of the Eagles acquiring Buda Baker. I was saying in the offseason, I know there was some chatter. I think the chance the Eagles bring in Buda Baker is almost at 0%. Not that he isn't a great safety. It's He was unhappy in Arizona because he wanted a new contract. And you look at his contract. In 2022, he was making, excuse me, in 2023, he's making 13 million. In next year, he's making 14.2. And Arizona had to give him a little bit of a raise to keep him happy. I don't know the full details of what they gave him. I think they gave him some incentives. But you know, Howie is not going to pay a safety $14 million a year. He just doesn't do it. And I don't think it's the capital they'd have to give up to acquire him from Arizona. That's not the problem. It's that Buda Baker wants a new contract, and he's already one of the highest paid safeties in the league. That's why I think there is a close to 0% chance of the Philadelphia Eagles bringing on Buda Baker. Guys, we will talk more. We're going all the way up to the 11 o'clock hour. We will talk more about the Eagles in a second. But we cannot ignore Red October is here. And you know Citizens Bank Park is going to be absolutely off the chain tonight. That stadium has to be the loudest stadium in Major League Baseball. Last season, there was no team that – you watch the games on TV, these other games in Major League Baseball, there was no stadium even close to as loud as Citizens Bank Park, and I expect that place to be absolutely rocking tonight. Bryce Harper – Man, have you seen a more clutch player in a Philadelphia Phillies uniform than Bryce Harper? It's amazing. He just has such a knack for the dramatic. Coming up at big moments, can't wait to see it again, hopefully. Hopefully we have another long, long run here in the playoffs. But we can't overlook this Miami Marlins team. First of all, we've seen it year after year in the Major League Baseball playoffs. A lot of times you could take whatever happened in the regular season and throw it out the window because anything can happen in the Major League Baseball playoffs. Look what the Philadelphia Phillies did last year. The last team to get in, and what did they do? Go on a magical, magical run last season that none of us anticipated, and that's what the Miami Marlins are hoping to do. They were the last team in. They only had 85 wins this year, so we cannot overlook this Marlins team. And you look at the regular season matchup between the Phillies and the Marlins. Marlins won the series. In 13 games, they won seven of them. And the Marlins were the best one-run team in Major League Baseball this year. They won more one-run games than any other team in Major League Baseball. And four of their wins against the Phillies were one-run games. So I do expect a tight game. The good news for the fight in Phils, 
the Marlins reigning Cy Young winner, Sandy Alcantara. He's injured. He's out. He has that UCL sprain. So they're going to roll out in game one, the Miami Marlins. Jesus Luzardo, 26-year-old left-hander, strikes out a lot of batters. In fact, he set the franchise record for left-handed pitchers in a Miami Marlins uniform with the most strikeouts in a season. So he does strike out a lot of batters. In two games this year, or excuse me, he was 2-0 and against the Phillies this year with a 3.65 ERA. We will see. Because he is a left-hander, I don't think you will see Brandon Marsh tonight. Brandon Marsh will probably be the first bat off the bench. It looks like the Phillies will probably go with Christian Pache in left field. Marsh doesn't do well against left-handed pitchers, but if the Marlins go to the bullpen and they bring out a right-hander, you'll probably see Marsh off the bench right away. For the Fightins, Zach Wheeler rolling out tonight. Our ace, his record in his ERA this year, 13-6 and with a 3.61 ERA, but I thought he pitched a lot better than what his ERA and record even indicated. Thought he really started to come on, too, at the end of the season here. So let's hope that Zach Wheeler can pitch a gem tonight It's only a three-game series, so game one, big deal. You don't want to have to come back tomorrow down 0-1 with Aaron Nola on the mound against this Marlins team. So this is a big game tonight. Zach Wheeler, no decisions against the Marlins this year, did have a 3.00 ERA. But this Marlins team, a little bit different of a team since the trade deadline. They made some really good acquisitions at the trade deadline, bringing on first baseman Josh Bell and third baseman Jake Berger. Since the trade deadline, those two guys have contributed 20 home runs and 54 RBIs for this Marlins team. So be on the lookout for them. Eagles, excuse me, Eagles. We were talking Eagles. Phillies bats have to show up tonight. We need our big players to show up. If you guys are in the chat, which player do you think is most important for the Phillies to have a big series against the Miami Marlins? I know who my player is. I'd like to see Trey Turner show up like he has the last few months of the season. Trey Turner, I expect Bryce Harper to do what he does. I think Nick Castellanos will keep it going. You know what Schwarber's going to give you. He'll probably strike out a lot, but he's going to give you some home runs. But I think Trey Turner needs to be the difference maker, and it would be so good to see it. And from the pitching perspective, our bullpen has to show up. Our bullpen has to be good. I'm assuming the Phillies will try to lean on Craig Gimbrel and Sir Anthony Dominguez, Jose Alvarez. We will see, but Gimbrel and Alvarado, not Alvarez, Gimbrel and Alvarado have to be really solid coming out of that bullpen. They have to be able to shut down and hold a lead because that's been a real problem with this Phillies team all season long was their ability to hold leads. So let's hope. They can do what they need to do. And a guy I want to see get going is Bryson Stott. Really didn't play well. Really did not play well the last couple weeks of the season. But we saw what Bryson Stott can do. He had a really good playoffs last year. I'm expecting him to come out and have a really good series. But it should be fun. Three games at Citizens Bank Park. First one tonight at 8 o'clock. We'll break it all down tomorrow here at 10 o'clock on the Philly Sports Power Hour. But tonight after the game, be sure to tune in to the Jacob Sports Network. My man, Mark Farzetta, does the Phillies postgame show, does a great job. So tune in after the Phillies game tonight 
for Mark Farzetta and the Phillies postgame. 501 Philly, I appreciate the support, man, saying hit that like button. Yep, let's keep doing it, guys. Smash that like button. Hit that share button. We're going to be coming every single day, and I love the support and can't thank you guys enough. But let's jump back to our Philadelphia Eagles because this week, if the Eagles want to get to 5-0, and it is not going to be easy going up against probably the best quarterback that they've faced all season. Let me know what you guys think, but I think Matt Stafford is definitely better than the four quarterbacks they faced so far this year. Mac Jones, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, and Sam Howell. Let me know if you agree with me. Even at 35 years old, even with his hip injury, I think Stafford's got to be the best player, excuse me, the best quarterback this Philadelphia Eagles team has faced. And even at 35 years old, Stafford's doing really well. We know how good that Rams offense is. We know how good Stafford was two years ago, was hurt last year. But they got a really good offense. Stafford's throwing for over 300 yards per game this year. The Rams offense is the top four in the NFL for total yards per game. So this is not going to be an easy game for this Philadelphia Eagles team. And we're going all the way over to the West Coast. First game at SoFi Stadium. Eagles have never played there. I'm sure there'll be a lot of Philadelphia Eagles fans. There always is. But this is not going to be an easy game for this Philadelphia Eagles team, especially for that defense. And if you follow me, you know one of the areas on this defense that I have been not happy with is their third down and red zone efficiency. Good teams, good defenses, get off the field on third down, and they don't let teams score touchdowns in the red zone. The Philadelphia Eagles have been really bad at both of those. Really bad at both of those. You look at their red zone efficiency. They are 28th in the NFL, 28th in the NFL, allowing teams to score touchdowns 73% of the time. 73% of the time. That is not going to cut it against this Los Angeles Rams offense, who's number 11 in the league scoring touchdowns in the red zone. So we need to do a better job in the red zone In the game against the Commanders, Philadelphia Eagles let the Commanders score touchdowns 80% of the time. The Commanders went four out of five in the red zone for 80%. That's unacceptable, especially against Sam Howe. You cannot let teams score touchdowns in the red zone if you want to win a lot of games in the NFL. Now, say what you will about Jonathan Gannon. I know he is a polarizing figure here in Philadelphia, and he did things that I did not agree with. But one of the things the Eagles were so successful with last year was the red zone. They only let teams score touchdowns 53% of the time last year, which put them in the top third of the league. They were number 12 in the NFL in the red zone at 53%. Big difference than what they are this year at 73%, B 
being number 28 in the NFL. And I see in the chat, Scott chairs saying, I'm more concerned with the third down defense. So am I. So am I. You look at Jonathan Gannon's defense last year, number 14 in the NFL. They let teams get first downs 39% of the time last year. Well, this year, they are not getting off the field. They're in the bottom third of the league. Going into that Washington Commanders game, they were 25th in the NFL, giving up first downs 46% of the time. And you saw it time and time again against that Washington Commanders team. They let them get way too many first downs, way too many first downs. Not only first downs on third down, they let them go two for two on fourth down. And too many penalties in that commander's game. This Eagles defense and their offense need to clean up the penalties. 11 penalties against the commanders. You're not going to win a lot of football games committing that many penalties, allowing teams to go 80% in the red zone, and letting teams convert on third down close to 50% of the time. So these are things that these Philadelphia Eagles need to clean up this week going up against Matt Stafford and that Los Angeles Rams offense. And we talked about, is Stafford the best quarterback that the Eagles have faced this season? And looks like you guys are agreeing with me in the chat that he is even at 35 years old. And the big concern here is look at what some of these other quarterbacks have done to this Philadelphia Eagles defense through the first four weeks of the season. The only quarterback that this defense was able to shut down was Baker Mayfield. They held him to 146 yards. Great performance by our defense in that game. But the other three quarterbacks, Sam Howe, 290 yards. Coming into the game, the Washington Commanders were the 25th passing offense in the league. They were only averaging 182 yards a game. And this Philadelphia Eagles defense let Sam Howell go for 290. Look what Mac Jones did week one. 316 yards. Mac Jones. Did you see how bad Mac Jones looked against the Dallas Cowboys? Did you see how bad that New England Patriots offense looked against the Dallas Cowboys? They let Mac Jones go for 316. Then you look at Kirk Cousins. Now, Kirk Cousins always puts up fantasy football numbers. Great fantasy football quarterback. Going to give you a lot of yards, get you a lot of touchdowns. They're just not going to win a lot of games. But the Philadelphia Eagles let Cousins throw for 364. So I am concerned about this Eagles game on Sunday. Matt Stafford, if our secondary plays the way they played against Sam Howe, Matt Stafford's going to pick them apart. Now, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know if Cooper Cup is going to play. I know he's practicing. We'll get the injury reports through as the week goes. But they got a lot of weapons. They have a lot of weapons. And I see people in the chat talking about Sidney Brown. Unfortunately, I had Dr. Radcliffe on my show last night asking, hey, is Sidney Brown going to play this week? He doesn't think it's promising for Sidney Brown to play. He said, you got to look at what he was doing as far as practice last week, and he wasn't practicing. Justin Evans was, so there's a good chance that Justin Evans, even though he practiced it in a limited, limited capacity, 
there's a good chance Justin Evans plays, which will help a little bit at that safety position, but it's not going to help us in the slot. And this rookie, we talked about it in the first segment, he's doing things that nobody has done. And if Cooper Cup dresses, watch out. But Puka Nakua, (laughs) it's amazing. We talk about teams passing up on Reed Blankenship and teams passing up on Nick Morrow when the Eagles cut him. Puka Nakua going in the fifth round and doing things that no one else has ever done. So I am concerned about this passing game against this Philadelphia Eagles defense. And I see JM saying Stafford has a bum hip at 35 is a significant factor. I also talked to Dr. Radcliffe about that. and Basically what he said is, look, if, if Stafford was able to finish the game, it's probably just a contusion to that hip. That's something they'll be able to fix, something they'll be able to make sure that doesn't really affect his mobility. So, But what we do know about Stafford, let's say the hip is a factor, but even if it's not, this is a guy where you don't have to worry about him running the football. You have to make him uncomfortable in the pocket. More this week than any week, this Philadelphia Eagles defensive line has to be able to create pressure. Against Sam Howe, the Eagles did have five sacks, but I thought it was going to be even worse. You looked at that Washington Commanders offensive line. You looked at what the Buffalo Bills were able to do to them the week before, and I thought that you were going to see a lot more pressure on Sam Howe than what the Philadelphia Eagles were able to deliver. This week against Matt Stafford, we need our edge rushers to come up big. We need our edge rushers to dominate this offensive line and put pressure on Matthew Stafford. Because we were talking a little bit about it in the first segment. This Philadelphia Eagles defensive front has been very strong on the interior. They have most of the sacks are coming from the interior. Josh Sweat has two and a half sacks on the edge, but outside of him, Hassan Reddick only has one sack, just got it against Sam Howe. These edge rushers are not creating anywhere near the amount of pressure that they had last season. And I know you look at some of the statistics about quarterback pressures and the percentages are about the same. It doesn't pass the eye test to me. So the stats may say what they say. We see it. We're watching the games. The edges are not jumping off the screen like they did last season. So when you have your defensive tackles generating most of your pressure, this Rams offense matches up pretty well because their center, Coleman Shelton, very good, very good in pass protection. He's going to have his hand full, definitely going to have his hands full with Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox and Milton Williams right there in the middle of the line. But he has some pretty good guards right next to him. Kevin Dotson, one of the best guards in the NFL, in my opinion, on this Rams team. Steve Avila. Not bad. So they have a pretty good, solid interior offensive line that should be able to make things difficult for that Eagles front. So it's going to be on our edges. The edges have to get pressure this week. Hassan Reddick, we talked about it before the break. No more excuses for him. The cast is off. You you talked a little bit in the offseason. He didn't make noise. He wanted to be paid like he deserves to be paid but he needs to put up pressure this week. And I'm hoping he does. I have confidence in Hassan Reddick. You saw him get his first sack last week. Let's hope that is the start of seeing the Hassan Reddick that we saw 
last season. But talked about third down, talked about the red zone. This is another reason why this Rams team matches up pretty well with this Philadelphia Eagles defense. The Rams are number seven in the league on converting on third down. They're number 11 in the league in red zone efficiency. So this team, this is the week. Fix your third down, fix your red zone, get pressure from the edges. That's what we need to see. That defense for the Rams, I'm not expecting them to be able to shut down this Eagles offense. They played pretty well so far, the Rams. They're number 10 in total yards against. They're number seven against the pass. They're middle of the pack in points against. But I don't think they're going to be able to shut down this Philadelphia Eagles offense. I think this past week we started to see this offense getting rolling. This offense getting rolling. So, and KJ saying you're not worried about the Rams. I hear you, man. I hear you. But every week we know is going to be a battle. And it's very difficult to win games in this league. You hear that cliche every single week. But the Eagles are 4-0, and there's only one other team who's 4-0. It is not easy to win every single week. We were very spoiled last year as Eagles fans with the Eagles going on the run that they went on. But it's not easy. The Eagles are going to lose games that we did not anticipate them to lose. It's going to happen. It's the nature of the NFL. Look around. Let's look around the league. Not... Not a lot of teams are dominating every single week. We talked about the Miami Dolphins, 70 points, lost the following week. And what the heck is going on with the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow? In the beginning of the year, I chalked it up to, hey, maybe Joe Burrow is still battling that calf injury. But there's more going on with that Bengals team because they look off, and they especially look off on offense. So we will see what the Philadelphia Eagles are able to do this week. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. But I'm going to give you my predictions real quick for the Phillies game tonight. I am expecting a gem from our ace, Zach Wheeler. I'm expecting that place to be rocking. I don't think the Marlins are ready. They're a young team. They are a scrappy team, but I don't think they are ready for what they are walking into tonight at Citizens Bank Park. Let's be loud. Let's be really, really loud, especially when those batters are up, when those pitchers are up. It's going to be – I wish I – I'm not going to the game. I wish I was, but it'll be fun to watch on TV. But, guys, I want to end every week with kind of what happened today in history. So it is October 3rd. So we're going to talk about what happened in history on October 3rd. So interestingly, 1995 – October 3rd, 1995, O.J. Simpson was acquitted of murder charges in the trial of the century related to the deaths of Nicole Brown Simpson and her friend Ronald Goldman. Not sure how many of you guys are old enough to remember that, but man, that was on TV like crazy. Some really good documentaries have been done about that since, but that was October 3rd, 1995. Also, October 3rd. 1789, George Washington issued his first Thanksgiving Day proclamation designating National Day of Thanks. So today, back in 1789, is when Thanksgiving became an official holiday in the United States of America. And then finally, in 1951, this is topical for our fightings tonight, 1951, Bobby Thompson, October 3rd, 
the shot heard round the world, the historic three-run home run that won the National League pennant for the New York Giants against the Brooklyn Dodgers. But guys, appreciate all of you. Appreciate all the engagement. We will be right back here tomorrow at 10 a.m. Looking forward to it. See you guys then. Go Phillies. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E.